0: about y'all. But when he said that, I was like, God, the mighty what? He's like, you well, You think just on Sunday? He said, no, bro. Everywhere you go, you are my mouthpiece. Everywhere you go, you're my mouthpiece. And he says, today, we're going to straighten up some things up in here, up in here. So have a seat in the presence of the Lord. Man, so good to see you, brother. So good to see you. Man, we're about to have a live club reunion up in this piece. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. It's always good. I don't know about y'all, but there's no other place I'd rather be on Sunday morning than in the, and the house of the Lord. I, mean, I, remember, uh, <laughs> okay. I remember when I used to play uh, football, really. This is before I became, you know, say for real, for real, you know. I used to play football every Sunday morning, like prime time, NFL didn't have nothing on me. I used to play football every Sunday morning right across the street from the church where my father was a pastor at. Now, how far could you be? Ooh, I was out there. But man, I was a a middle linebacker. I like to hit. And I mean, you know, I dare you try to take some territory. I dare you try to cross this. I talk so much trash. I know it's surprising, Doug, but I talked a lot of trash to that quarterback, bro. I, I didn't know better then, but I said, man, I'm like a Jewish man. I'm going to get my quarterback. And they'd be like, what? Yeah, quarterback, And did. Yeah. And then one day, one Sunday morning, and I'm gonna stop it because my mama gonna see that. She's said, like, boy, your Baptist came out. One Sunday morning, we had just played a football tournament. We won the football tournament the weekend before. The very next week, I hadn't been in nobody's church, hadn't heard nobody playing on the organ, hadn't heard a song, hadn't heard anything. I'm on the football field now, and I'm lining up. I'm getting ready to go get my quarterback. And this is what I heard. Football won't get you into heaven. I'm tripping, I'm tripping. I got a better way for you. Who the heck is talking to me? All right, man. And I and I'm standing on the field and plays are going on around me, but mentally I've just checked out. Because now I'm hearing this voice begin to tell me something I didn't know. Guess what it didn't do? It didn't condemn me. It didn't even judge me. It didn't even talk about my situation that I was living in. He didn't say anything about that. He just says, football won't get you to heaven. And then I start gazing over to the church, over where my family was. I said, boy, you know, you're right about that. And you know what I did? I became an instant evangelist. I went over to the sideline and my coach is looking at me like, come on, man. I need that eye, the tiger, that killer instinct. i like, football won't get me to heaven. Man, this is my last week. What? I was number one, one of the star players on defense. So they said, what? Like, football's not going to get me to heaven. Was that the day that I gave my life back to the Lord? No. But it was an introduction. Because up to that point, I didn't even know God would talk to you. I had a knowledge of God. I grew up in church, but I had a knowledge of him. I didn't know him. So if if the the trumpet would have blown, and it's gonna blow, I I would have been lost in the sauce because I did not know him. So we gonna get into the needy gear today. Actually yesterday, I I, I didn't share this with you all during the week. Uh, We actually got invited yesterday to speak at a pastors meeting yesterday. And, and it's a group of pastors that we're members of uh, called International uh, Pastors and Leaders Forum. Uh, here in Ottawa, it's probably about 80 pastors that are in a group, but there's about 25, 30 people who were on yesterday. And God gave me this message to give to them, to the leaders. So I'm like, all right, praise God, Lord. Okay, hey man, that's what I'm gonna give to them tomorrow. He said, No, I want you to give that same. Message to the leaders who are gonna be in your service tomorrow. I'm like, okay, well, praise the Lord. So buckle up buttercup, because the message that you're about to get is the same message that we gave, that God had us to give to the ministers and pastors and leaders yesterday. I counted a privilege and an honor because they they could have chose anyone, but the president called me and was like, hey, the Lord said he wants you to bring this message. He didn't even tell me what it was. He just says, he said he's he's giving you a word. And as soon as I hung up on the phone with him, he he gave me this title. And then he began to build the message. So without further ado, glory to God in the highest. Are y'all ready to receive the word today? are y'all on Victoria? Are y'all on Victoria Holiday? Amen. You know, you know the interesting thing about Victoria Holiday is it's a celebration of a birthday, but it's not really a birthday because a birthday is really in April, but they celebrated in May. Go figure. Yep. It's not, you're not here by chance or circumstance. You're here by divine appointment. And what I'm going to ask you to do before we get started, make a decision. Father, I refuse to leave out the same way I came. Father, I'm open to hear whatever it is that you have have for me to hear, me to hear today. Because how many people know you can go to church and not get a thing? Man, man, I already know that. Ah. Nah, faith, yeah, I, I got that. I t- can tell you with the surety that I don't care how many times you read the same scripture, you will never not be able to get something new out of that. But today we're gonna talk, see that, yes sir, he says, there's a difference between having information and having wisdom. Many people have a lot of information, a lot of knowledge But very few people have wisdom because you have information, you have comprehension, and then you have wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to apply the knowledge and information to your everyday life. Most people don't have a reality of the truth. They have the truth, but they don't have a reality of the truth. In other words, how does that pertain to my life? And by the By the response I get, I know we in the right lane. Don't be, I mean, we talked about this and we found out last week, Joe and I figured out when we got in the truck last week, the character I was talking about was Megamind. This guy had this huge head and he had all this information, but he was dumb as a box of rocks when it came to try to apply it in his everyday life. He had no ability to apply it to his everyday life. And I will tell you this, I would rather not know than know and not know how to apply it to my life. And I'm telling you, when I grew up in church, that's the way it was. I had a knowledge of God, but I didn't know God. And I didn't even know how to get into a relationship with God because I didn't know what it meant to have a relationship with your father. Because I didn't have a, y'all know my story. I I didn't have a great relationship with my father. I don't really remember the guy. Until I was, I mean, last time I seen him, I was 10. Then I seen him again when I was 14. Then he died when I was 17. So I really didn't know what father meant. And then my help dad came along. And I mean, I gave that guy straight up hell. But at some point in time, I got the revelation. He was there to help me. That's why we call him a help dad instead of a stepdad. Because people say stepdad means to step upon him. I never did that. He was there to help me. So this whole father thing, I didn't get all that. And some people have fathers in their home and they don't really have a relationship with their father. So when you say God is gonna be your father, you're like, man, man, if he's anything like my real dad, I'm good on that. All right, well, here we go. All right, all right. Isn't that I don't know where I'm going, I'm just waiting to make sure I know where to start. Okay. Got it. All right. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. Father, we thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but, Father, let it be a demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. We allow you to move up and down at you and every Touch each and every person. Touch each and every person watching this online or listening to it by podcast. Father, I thank you that our teaching and preaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be And demonstration of spirit and power. We thank you, we honor you, we praise you. Thank you for giving us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts that are open and ready to receive the engrafted word that will ultimately change our lives forever. We give you glory, honor, and praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So are are you leaders ready to receive instructions from on high? Mm -hmm. If y'all ready to receive, just say, I'm ready to receive instructions from on high if you are in the body of christ you are a leader Now you may never leave but stand behind a pulpit you ne- may never stand in a on a platform but in god's eyes you are a leader and as a leader you have a responsibility when you're leading people that you're leading them in the way that they should go according to god's word As a leader, you have a responsibility to lead people in the way that they should go according to God's word, not your life experiences, not what's going on in your community, not what's going on in your nation, not what's going on in your city. What does the word of God say about that situation? And that is how you're supposed to lead people. Because if you lead simply by what it is that you see, you can be deceived. And there's a lot of people out there deceived. There's a lot of people sitting in church today deceived because I don't even want you to take my word for it. This is what I told them yesterday. I'm talking to these pastors. You're not going to be able to turn to every address I'm going to go to. Write the address down. Go back and study it for yourself. So i make this declaration. We're going to jump in like Flynn. Father, we... I declare that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because you have anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. You have sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to open of the prison, to them that are bound. You have sent me to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Now, if you if you turn to Leviticus chapter six, Leviticus chapter six, we're going to talk about fire on the altar. And if I, if I was to give this message a title, the name that the title would be Not Many Days from Now. See, I know this is Pentecost Sunday, and people are shouting all about Pentecost, but if you really understand what was gonna happen when the Holy Ghost came to live on the inside of you, You will also see there's always two coins of it most of the time people think about the day of Pentecost and there was a rushing mighty wind and the Holy Ghost fell on all those who were there and they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance notice that they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance the Holy Ghost does not make you speak in tongues he will give you the utterance. You open your mouth, he will begin to, he will give you the utterance and you two working together will get an expression. But if you don't open your mouth, even if he's trying to give you the utterance, he will not force your mouth open. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. So we're going to be talking about fire on the altar. Now the altar, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to get into it and then we're going to, you're going to see where we're going. I'm going to be reading out a New Living Translation for this particular scripture. Leviticus chapter six, verse 12 says this. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offerings on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. And when we're talking about fire, we're talking about the very presence of the Holy Spirit and that altar we're talking about is when you're in prayer that you have your own personal prayer altar just like elijah who was the prophet he was he went there and and uh, with the bell and Jezebel with jezebel and her false prophets and there was a showdown it was going to show down who was god and who was not what why do y'all think that there was the showdown was it so elijah could just show how super spiritual he was Absolutely not. The reason why there was a showdown was because God's people had turned their backs on him and began to follow another God. Because God's people had turned their backs on him and began to follow another God. In fact, Elijah just said this to him. He says, if God be God, serve him. But if Baal be God, serve him. He says, but as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Choose, in other words, choose you this day. And this is the same thing. He's saying that people all across the world, all across every platform, choose you this day whom you're going to serve because you cannot say you serve God and still operate according to Baal's way of doing things. It makes you insane it makes you double-minded. That's what division is. You got division going on on the inside of you, which means you are a person who sees the same thing, but you have two totally dependent, two different visions or views on it, depending on which one is gonna benefit you. You can't serve God and try to operate according to the world system at the same time. It it doesn't happen. So when, when Elijah said that to the people, the children of Israel, they looked at Elijah and he says, Choose you this day whom you're gonna serve. You know what they said? Absolutely nothing. Do you know that no decision is still a decision? If you if somebody asks you a question and you don't respond to them or whatever case, if God asks you a question and you don't respond, it's still a decision. If God said, Hey, you know what? Talent, I'm going I'm to give you $50. A talent sits there with his lips so tight, like he got a bag of lemons. It don't change the fact that I offered him $50. It just means he's not going to be a partaker of the gift I'm trying to get to him. It's the same thing. I just saw, that's the gospel right there. Jesus came, he offered you eternal life. Either you're going to accept it or you're not. There's no in between. There's no argument and fighting there. I mean, people are fighting about everything. Do y'all understand the whole purpose of why the adversary has you fighting against one another? Because he knows as long as you're dividing against one another, you won't be able to stand. He also knows you'll never accomplish anything. I don't spend my time talking about this person don't do this and this. That's not my job. I can judge the fruit, but I'm I'm not qualified and neither are you to judge the person. In fact, the Bible tells you that. Go back and read it. You spending all your time judging them, you're only setting yourself up to be judged by the exact same criteria. And whether you believe it or not, there everybody has areas they not on own points on. So we're talking about here: the fire is on the altar. The, the fire that's on your altar should never go out. The Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you should never be quenched. How can you quench the Holy Spirit? Well, in accordance to Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace and benefit to those who hear it. So, anytime that you're speaking words against somebody, that's not Edifying or building that person up or is it going to minister grace to that person it says you are quenching the Holy Spirit who's on the inside of you believer he's on the inside of you and you will begin to quench it when you begin to, it goes on to talk about don't don't grieve the Holy Spirit who, who sealed you until the day of redemption he says let no bitterness anger resentment unforgiveness malice ever come out of your mouth so think about this how are you going to let malice and bitterness and resentment come out of your mouth if you're born again you got the holy spirit on the inside of you people are quenching the holy spirit with their words holy Spirit is trying to tell you hey don't say that hey don't don't read that. hey don't post that hey turn that channel and you like, I'm the man, a woman of God, I got this. He like, you ain't got it. Because what's gonna happen is every time you keep doing it, you're pressing it down and down and down, and you're smothering your own flame on the altar. Are oh, you yeah, with me so far? I know, boy. That's one of them shot you. Tim to cut it out, girl. You take another laugh if you want to. I ain't mad at you. But this is the thing. If you don't can't get leaders to hear and obey and do what the word of God says. You won't get followers to do the same thing because you're as a leader, you will teach them to do what you do. Whew. Calm it down, people. Calm it down. Now, you say, man, well, you don't understand, man. I made too many mistakes. My life's over. I made too many mistakes. Well, God told me to tell you this. And according to Jeremiah chapter 18, he says, I'm gonna ask you this question today. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying this, arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will announce my words to you. It's the same thing he says, arise and go down to this house of worship. Arise and go down to this place. Arise and go down. In other words, I'm telling you where you're sitting at right now, you'll get a glimpse, but you're not going to get the full effect because you're not where I told you to be so I can get to you what it is I need to get to you. I'm telling you, arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will announce my words to you. Now, I was talking to the father this week We have these great little conversations, and you know, my military background, I understand warfare. And he says, Do you know that disobedience to the an order can cost you and the people you're leading their life? I paused. I'm like, yes, he says, partial obedience to what I'm telling you to do. Can cause you and the people you're following, who are following you, their life. Because you know what partial obedience is? Disobedience. There is no partial. You, partial obedience is not obedience. How do you know? Because that's what Saul did. King Saul did that. He part, He partially obeyed what it is God said. What did he? What did the prophet come back and say to him? Mm-hmm. You have disobeyed God. No, I did what it is you said. He did part of it. He didn't do everything. It cost him and those, it cost that, well, the king was gonna die anyway, but it cost Saul his kingship. Even though he was still in a position for 13 more years, his replacement was already being trained up to take his place. There is no partial obedience is disobedience according to God's word. And your partial obedience or your flat out disobedience to the word, not what your experience says, not what your head says, not what JoJo said, not what this doctor said, not what this reporter said, not what this engineer says, your disobedience to the word of God, it can cost you and those who follow you their life. So, how are we going to fix that? Thanks, Rob. I'm so glad you asked, man. It says, then I went down to the potter's house. So he got the word. He received the word. He obeyed it. Just y'all see it? He started with the word. He heard it. He received it. He obeyed it. So what did he do? He went down to the potter's house, and there, and there he was make and it says he went down to the potter's house and there he was the potter making something on the wheel but the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter so he remade it into another vessel and god is saying that to many people today hey i'm telling you you might have got off you might not have been doing the things you were supposed to do but i'm going to give you another opportunity today because i'm the potter you're the clay Let me make you into another vessel. It didn't say he forced them. But God, it's always a choice. If you want to walk out of here uh, or get off, click off of here and go live a crazy lifestyle. God's not gonna be like, dude, dude, do stuff. He's not gonna force you to do anything. He'll let you do it. He'll let you do it. But he's saying to you today, just like he said from the very beginning, I'm presenting you an opportunity to turn. Whether you do it or not, it's completely up to you. So what did the potter do? He took that, that clay that was marred in his hand, he turned it into another vessel. Then the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to me saying, can I not, O house of Israel, O ignite depot, O oh, city of Greeley, of Ottawa, of on the province of Ontario, O nation of Canada, can I not do the same thing with you as the potter has done with this clay? Behold, like the clay is in the potter's hands, the Lord says, so are you in my hands. It doesn't matter how far you got off. I'm I'm telling you, when I was playing football every Sunday across the street, the potter still had me in his his hands and he was waiting on me to make the decision, will you allow me to make this change in your life? And the moment I said, yes, he began to do and to shape me and to make me into the person I am today. Y'all see that? It all comes down to a decision. Because Jeremiah could have heard the word. The Lord says, go down to the potter's house. Man, I ain't going down to the potter's house. I ain't got time for all that mess. Don't you see I got work to do? Don't you see I got YouTube videos to watch? Don't you see I got this book to read that tells me part of what it is you're telling me to do, but it doesn't give me the reality how to apply it to my life? Don't you understand I'm a busy person? I know. I make people uncomfortable by saying that. I don't. Because I love you, I'm gonna say this with the greatest amount of love I can. I'm okay with that. Because the bigger question is not why does he talk about this? The biggest question you should ask yourself is why does it bother me when he does? That's the question you ask. That's the question, well, that's the question the father said. He said, don't don't be concerned about If it's going to bother them, that's not your concern. What you should be concerned about is, did you do what it is I told you to do? Did you say what I told you to say? I'm telling you this. You're going to say stuff to your friends. They are not going to like it. But you got to make sure, am I saying what God told me to say? Or am I telling them what I want them to know that they should know that they better understand? Because if they don't get this, they're going to jack their life up. Let me help you. If you give them your version that's not God's version, you've already jacked their life up because they, they can get mad at you. God's not responsible for carrying out what you say if what you say doesn't line up with what he told you to say to them. He's only responsible for carrying out what it is he told you to say. Thanks. You see my little church mouse over there. He's shouting. Woo-hoo! That's the word he needed for his family. Yeah, that's true. Whether, whether we like it or not. And I'm telling you, when I was playing football, my parents never talked to me about why I wasn't in church. They only talked to me about, did you win the game? Are you okay? Do y'all play next week? They never said anything about it. Their words was in action. They loved the food off of me. Because they knew their words at the time, if my heart wasn't ready to receive what they was gonna say, their words would have been in vain. It would have been useless. So what is he asking us to do? Thanks Rita, what is he asking us to do? He's asking us, and according to Isaiah chapter 60, to arise and shine First, he says, "You got you first got to rise from your depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you." He says, "Rise to a new life." <clears throat> he says, "Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you." In other words. God's very glory is going to be risen, arrested upon you so that when people see you, because the next line says, because there is darkness on the earth and gross darkness upon the people. But the light of God's glory will be upon you and people will be able to see it on you. When are they going to be able to see the light of God's glory on you? When you stop quenching the fire of the Holy Spirit with your words. He said, don't be in a hurry, so I'm taking my time. He said, when people, when oh, that's good. He says, people can't see the glory of God on you when you murmuring and complaining and you're talking just like the world is talking. He said, people can't see God's glory on you doing that because you sound just like them. Man, this is a bull. I'm tired. I'm gonna tell you. I'm t- can I tell y'all you about your boy? One day I was at I was at church town. I was. This is when I was a new believer. I was on fire for the Lord at the very beginning. And they told me one Sunday I was gonna have to work. I ain't coming to work. Man, y'all violate my rights. I ain't coming to church. I mean, I ain't coming to work. I am going to church. I'm a believer. I'm supposed to be in church, and this is against what I believe. And man, fire me if you want to. He says, do you believe that that glorifies me when you act like that? (sighs) No, sir. He says, go and tell him you apologize for what it is you said, and you'll be here tomorrow at 6 a.m. sharp. My flesh did not want to do that. But I obeyed him. I, you know what, man? I apologize for what it is. I said, I'll be here tomorrow. You know what happened the next day? We started the very first Bible study on that shift in that plant. That Bible study multiplied into three different Bible studies because there were three shifts. So that one Bible study, that one decision, obeying God's word, Caused a birth of a Bible study that multiplied across, across three different ships. The, the initials for that company was JCI. It meant something else in the world, but you know what they call it? Jesus Christ Incorporated. You know what they called me? The plant manager called me? I'm the Joseph, and he was Potiphar. And as long as Potiphar had Joseph, he caused everything, that God calls everything he did to succeed. It started with that one decision. Because I could have been rebellious. I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm, a, I'm going to church. But that's not what God told me to do. That decision, there was 650 employees in that plant. People got born again, healed, delivered all the time. On my shift, whenever I worked a shift, our call to go into bay was zero. I don't feel good. You believe God will heal you? Yeah, come over here. Keep working because we ain't going to stop you from working and just begin to pray. Being used where God calls us Because he's telling you right now, as you look around, it's dark all around you. He says, but you're going to be the light that's going to be the light to those people. And guess what? Because the glory of the Lord is upon you, people are going to be drawn to your light. You will me have to chase them because they're going to come chasing you. He also told me to remind you of this. He says that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit in accordance to 1 Corinthians chapter six. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. In fact, it says this in verse 19, I'm reading out an amplified version. Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you? Holy Spirit is not in the sweet by and by. Holy Spirit is not only showed up on Sunday, when you walked in, that's why you never hear said, come Holy Spirit, why? Because the moment you walked in the door, the Holy Spirit already came in with you. You might have a greater manifestation of his presence, but when you walked in the room, the Holy Spirit came with you if you're born again. So he hears what you hear, he sees what you see, he knows what it is he's telling you, he, he, he's like that, the Holy Spirit can sound a whole lot like your wife if you're married. The Holy Spirit can sound a whole lot like your husband if you're married. The Holy Spirit can sound a whole lot like your parents if you're still, the Holy Spirit because he's not limited to, well, it's only going to be so-and-so because your boy used to crack jokes on people all the time. In fact, by the time, if I see you coming in the room, I had five jokes lined up for you. I mean, I ain't even said hello to you. I had five jokes I was going to crack on you. But Holy Spirit used a 16 year old to say this to me one day, Rita. He, she says, you know, people laugh, but you know, you could be hurting their feelings. I had nowhere to go. The Holy Spirit was like, listen to that voice because that's me talking to you. From that day forth, Rather, the, the anointing of cracking jokes lifted off of me. And even when I wanted to crack a good joke, I couldn't think of a good joke, Jerry, to crack on. I mean, they cracking jokes on me and I couldn't think of a good, I mean, I used to be cracking them, but I couldn't think of a good joke because that that was lifted off of me and was replaced with more presence of Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I was more aware of the fact that, hey, he's on the inside of me. See, if you live... God conscious, where you realize God goes with you everywhere you go, it will change some of the places you will go, or it should. It will, I I tell you what, (laughs) we was riding down the street today, Really, I was watching, riding down the street, I usually keep my eyes straight down the road, and we was riding past this, these townhomes, and June was like, boy, it's a good thing that you didn't look right, and I'm like, Don't look right. She says, because there was somebody out there, they was doing their garden out there in their their nightgown. I'm like, oh, Lord, didn't need to see none of that. Anybody ever turn on a TV show and they got all kind of swearing and stuff going on and Holy Spirit is telling you, turn the channel. I like this show. It only has a little cussing in it. It only has a little nudity in it. It'd be like, but the adversary knows that even when you're just watching something is subtle seeding of fear, doubt, unbelief, fornication. Adultery is seeding you, seeding you, seeding you. And then all of the years later, and you find yourself in a situation like, Lord, how did I end up here? And in fact, <clears throat> June and I was talking about this the other day. Hey, if somebody has an issue with adultery, Don't have them watching a whole bunch of shows that everybody's committing adultery. You know what that's doing? It's seeding them. It seeds them. And next thing you know, that person's out there doing something crazy. And you're like, I would have never thought that person. That's how they got there. By the words that they allowed to come in their ear. What did he say? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you, whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. You've been bought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your spirit and body, which are his. Now, we're going to talk about current day stuff. I'm not going to talk to you about COVID because you already heard enough about COVID. But I am going to talk to you about what's going on in the world right now and how you as a leader have to change how you're addressing it. Anybody interested? If you're gonna win the world, if you're gonna win your family, if you're gonna win your community, your province and your nation, you're gonna to have to change how you deal with them. Because I'm going to share with you today, which we've shared before, but I'm gonna share with you today, stuff that Jesus said was gonna happen in these last days. Matthew chapter 24 verse four says this, I'm reading out a passion translation it says and jesus answered and at that time he's talking about what's going to happen what are signs or indicators that the end of this age is coming not the end of the world but the end of this age we call grace how do you know it's coming to an end jesus said this at that time deception will run rampant. Anybody think deception is going on right now? Mm -hmm. Deception is gonna run rampant. He says, so beware that you are not fooled. He says, for many will appear on the scene claiming my authority are saying about themselves, I am the anointed one and they will lead many astray. So just because somebody has a YouTube channel, Facebook page, has a website does not mean that they are not teaching error. No matter how charismatic it is. You ever heard of a charismatic Pharisee? Somebody who has a charismatic nature, but they have a a attitude or a spirit of a Pharisee, which means they're judgmental. They're self-righteous, self-centered and selfish. like what a charismatic pharisee anyway he goes on to say you will hear of wars and rumors and revolutions on every side with more rumors of war to come don't panic or give in to your fear for the breaking apart of the world's system is destined to happen so that's why god is trying to tell his people because i'm going to tell you i can't give you a date but i'm telling you right now Yes, the COVID virus, the COVID scenarios and all that has been bad, but there's something else that's trying to come now. So the church has got to be, it's got to wake up because the church is asleep because church sounds just like the world. And he's telling you, it's going, it's, Jesus just said it. Many other things are going to come. So if you're if you're responding like the world now, when this other stuff comes or tries to come, then you won't be prepared for it. He goes on to say, because the breaking of the world, world system, is destined to happen. He says, but it, it will not yet be the end. It will still be unfolded, which means we're not there yet nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be terrible earthquakes and horrible epidemics and famines in place at the place this is how the birth pains of the new age will begin you can expect to be persecuted talking about the church you can be expected to be persecuted now when i'm talking about the church i'm not talking build about building i'm talking about the people because the people make up the church i used to believe that when he says i'm coming for a church without spot and wrinkle i'm like lord what church is that so i can make sure i'm I'm in that number. I didn't know he was talking about people. He says, he says you're gonna be persecuted, even killed for you will be hated by all nations because of your love for me. Then many will stop following me and fall away and they will betray one another and hate one another and many lying prophets will arise. deceiving multitudes and leading them away from the path of truth you got to understand is if you don't understand the reality of the truth or the reality of God's word people can say a whole lot of things if you don't know it's going to gradually not all of a sudden gradually not all of a sudden progressively not all of a sudden lead you away from the truth of God's word it didn't say, it doesn't say it can only happen to those who don't know any better. It can happen to anyone. There's a very uh, well-known pastor. He was a very well-known pastor within the, the charismatic evangelical faith movement. He, the brother could sing, the brother could preach. He is anointed, carried all kind of, I mean, he, when he preached, he could bring the house down. Then one day, this guy went totally left, and he went so far left. And many people try to, to try to restore that brother back into reality. Now he had not been on been a pastor for a little while. He had been a pastor for years, and he got a revelation. He says, and it, he turned from the the reality of the truth. And when he turned he took a lot of people with him. He's still alive today and he's still taking people with him away from the truth because they don't read their Bible. Because if you read the Bible, you will be able to debunk what it is he said. I'm not gonna tell you what he said because I'm I'm not giving him free airtime. but I'm gonna tell you what he said is impossible. Do you know there's pastors out there today teaching that Jesus was not born of Mary? There, there was a, There's an article out there about the, um, the Chinese church talking about they, they, have, they have this new Bible coming out and, uh, and that the Pope was signing off on it. about how, And then their version of Jesus, he when the woman was caught in adultery, he told all the other people to go away and he murdered the woman himself. So it, it caused Jesus murder. Now, well, you know it if you read the Bible, like, man, that's crazy. That's not true. But they're printing it today. It's in print in China today. So he says, people will begin to fall away. He says, there will be so much increase of sin, of lawlessness, that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. (laughs) Wow. But hold your hope firmly to the end and you will experience life and deliverance. Yet through it all, the good news of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world, providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God and others Uh, And after that, the end of the age will come. So what are we supposed to be doing in this time? We're leaders. What are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be teaching people about the kingdom of God. If you're not teaching people about the kingdom of God, you're not doing your job. He didn't tell you to teach about your government. He didn't tell you to teach about this. He didn't tell you to teach about that. Yes, you bring that, that up, but this is what the word of God has to say about it. This is what's going on in your nation, but this is what the word of God says about it. Because if you just give the person information, but you don't give them the revelation that God has given you through his word, according to the kingdom of God, you have not helped them. What would you say? Say it one more time. All right. If you just give them information that was going on in the world without giving them revelation from what you got from God, you have not helped them. You're, you, you just parroted what they said. And if you really understand how the kingdom of God operates, the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things, if you're born again, the kingdom of God is in your heart. So when you begin to speak out of your mouth what's written in heaven that does, has not manifested itself on earth, then God is obligated to bring those things to pass because he's the one that's going to give you what the words to say. But if you just say what the news anchor says, then guess what you have done? You have done them a disservice. You have not helped them. Do y'all see that? That's again this message, God had me share this with pastors yesterday, and he told me to share the same thing with leaders. The other thing that people need to understand, it doesn't say that this is there you can do anything to stop it. didn't say you could do anything to stop it. You You can reduce the number of people who is going to be affected by it, but it didn't say you could do anything to stop it. Go on, you say. All right, I will. Second Timothy chapter three, still talking about what's going to happen in the last days. Jesus told us it's going to be days like this. He said this was going to go on. He says, but you need to be aware that in the final days that the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves, obsessed with money. Anybody see that right now? Mm -hmm. "They They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families they will be ungrateful and ungodly they will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander you ever heard of the council culture if you don't agree with me i just cancel you what you ain't gonna fly no flag man we gonna cancel you they will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander slaves to their desires they will be furious belligerent haters of what is good and right with brutal treachery they will act without restraint bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their own conceit they will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the living god they may pretend first give the honor to god for this award i'm about to win what god you talk about player? Cause you might be talking because, cause I mean, some people Buddha's God, Allah's God, Harry Harry Christian is God. Some people quiet as is kept. Y'all may not y'all may not know this, cause y'all up here quiet as is kept. Some people believe Black man is God. And if I told y'all the people who believe that, you wouldn't believe me. Celebrities, they promote it. The Black man is God. They even made a Disney movie happen, but y'all slept on that. They made a Disney movie, but y'all didn't catch it. Black man is God. I'm not gonna say it on here because I ain't promoting their their mess because you'll go watch it. But they promoted black man is God. How many people know everything I just listed won't send a person to hell? Won't send a person to hell. You wonder why? Because the only sin that will send a person to hell is refre- refusing to receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. I know, boy. I knew. I, I knew y'all was gonna give me that look. I'm prove it to you. John 16. Let's talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit real quick, and this is where we're gonna end. Uh, yeah. We're going to end. Here's what he says. Just is Jesus talking. How many people know Jesus can't lie? Mm-hmm. Here's what he says. I'm telling you this now so that when there come, when their time comes, you will remember that I foretold it. I didn't tell you this in the beginning because I was still with you. But now that I'm about to leave you and go back to join the one who sent me, You need to be told, yet not one of you are asking me where I'm going. Instead, your hearts are filled with sadness because I've told you that I'm these things. Now, Jesus is getting ready to go back to the Father. So he's telling his disciples, this is is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna leave, but I'm gonna send another one. I'm gonna send another comforter. That's one of the names for the Holy Spirit. The, The name for the Holy Spirit, he's a comforter. He's a helper. He's an advocate, he's an intercessor, he's a strengthener, he's your standby. All those things wrapped into one is the Holy Spirit. And guess where he resides if you're a born again believer? Mm -hmm. On the inside of you. So if you ask the Holy Spirit to help you, he'll help you. But let me help you understand this. When he moves on the inside of you, he he doesn't just tell you the good stuff. He tells you areas where you need to adjust so you can line up with truth. Because part of his, his ministry is to lead and guide you into all truth. So if you're going in error, he's not going to say, okay, keep going. I know you about to jump off the cliff. Keep going, buddy. You're good. No, he's going to tell you, hey, you didn't need to make adjustment. You didn't need to make an adjustment. Can I tell you one other thing though about that, though, Rita? He will only talk to you about stuff that you will invite him in to to discuss with you. So if you made a decision, I know I'm drinking, but that's what I want to do. Holy Spirit might say something to you about it, but he ain't going to keep at you about it because your heart is not open to receive it. If you want to be a habitual liar, he will talk to you about it, but he's not going to force you to do anything. Why? Because you're not open to receive it. He says, he says this, he says, but here's the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the divine encourager or Holy Spirit will not be released to you. Why did Jesus say it was to, his, to your advantage that the Holy Spirit come and Jesus go away? Because Jesus could only be at one spot at one time. Holy Spirit can be everywhere. That's easy. I do Thank think. All right. Keep your seats. It's okay. But after I depart, I will send him to you. So the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an it. It's a him. And when he comes, he will expose sin and prove that the world is wrong about God's righteousness and his judgment. Sin because they refuse to believe who I am. That's the only sin. That's the sin that will send a person to hell. Whoa! That's the sin that a person will will do, make a decision to do, and their the judgment will be that they will they will take on the same judgment as someone who refused to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. There's no grain. So if you teach a person that this is going to cause you to go to hell and this is going to cause you to go to hell and this is going to cause you to go to hell, it's like, that's not true. Why? Because the same blood of Jesus that was shed for you is the same blood that was shed for them. Just like we talked about at the very beginning. If I offer Talon $50 and he refuses to take it, it doesn't change the fact that I offered it to him. He says, um, God's righteousness because Jesus is going back to the father and you will see him no more about judgment because the ruler of this dark world, talking about your adversary, Satan, has already received his sentence. Satan knows that he has a period of time, but after that period of time is open, over, he's going to be chained and locked into, into the uh, eternal lake of fire. Forever. He already knows that. So he's trying to take out as many people as he can. The Holy Spirit will also teach you, tell you about things that Jesus has said, and he will bring all, he will teach you about the reality of the word and he will, and he will speak to you about prophetically he will speak to you about things that are to come to you so the holy spirit is just like oh he's not like spooky he has a ministry he leads and guides you into all truth he teaches you in all things he'll bring back to your remembrance what the word of god has said to you what christ has said to you and he will show you things to come when you allow him to How do you know that he'll do that? Can I give you this one example I have for 30 seconds? First Kings chapter 19, this is why you can't get caught up in stuff that, that you see around you. First Kings chapter 19, verse 11 real quick says this, talking about Elijah. Remember Elijah is how we started out about the altar. Mm-hmm. Elijah had just proven that God was God when the fire came down on the altar and burned everything up. But right after that, Jezebel threatened him and he got afraid and he took off running. He just slaughtered 800-something prophets. But this one little woman comes, I'm gonna kill you. And he took off running. So this is, he's running, he's in a cave, he's out of position cause God never told him to go there. And this is what, and he's looking for God and all kinds of different things because he's sleeping, because he's tired. This is, what the, this is what happened. He says, so he said, go forth and stand on a mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by and a great and strong wind was rendering the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind and earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. So you can't judge what God is doing simply by external things. That's how you can get misled. But here's what he says He says, But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle, Blowing. When Elijah heard it, or the still small voice. So when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in a mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? This is what Elijah says. I have been very zealous for the Lord, the, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken you, your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with it, with the sword, and I alone, I alone. They seek to take my life, but I alone am the only one who stand it. And God came back and told them, I got a thousand people who never bowed their knee to Baal. Not many days from now, you're going to see if you think things are out of place now, you're going to see that it's going to try to go further and further and further away. But if you don't realize the Holy Spirit is already on the inside of you and he's there to lead and guide you and to tell you what's to come, but also tell you what things you are to share with the people in order to help them according to the word of God. That you're going to be just like Elijah. You're going to be looking for God in all these other places. Well, I've been praying, but I don't see anything happening. How many people ever said that? I'm praying, but I don't see anything happening. He says, you're looking with the wrong eyes. He says, when you pray and you believe that you receive, you act like it's already so. You don't wait until you see it and then you act like it's so. Because he says, you ain't in, you ain't been in faith. You've been in hope. You've been looking at stuff on the outside. And this is going to tell me if my prayer is working. No. What's going to tell you if your prayer is working or not? The moment that you said it out of your mouth, you confessed it with your mouth, you believe it in your heart. The angel, ministering angels went to work to bring that thing to pass. And as long as you keep your words lined up with what it is that the word of God says, you will see what you said. But the moment... You start saying what you see, like he did. That's why we don't judge. Because we don't know all the facts. We only know what we see. We don't know what God is doing. Do y'all see that? Like the wind trying to blow. The Holy Ghost fire into the building. That's what happened yesterday. Holy Ghost fire blew through that, blew through that meeting yesterday. It was a wake-up call. Today is a wake-up call. I'm telling you, if you walk out of here and you go back and do what you did before he told you what to do, you are being disobedient to what God told you to do. I don't care how much you pray about it. If you go back and you start talking the same way you did before you got in here, you are being disobedient to what the Spirit of the Lord just spent the last hour telling you to stop doing. I didn't come up with this. This is what they mean on my radar. This is what, But you got to go tell my people. I go here. This is a no brainer for me. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Yes, sir. This is what I need you to tell them. Yes, sir. That's saying same you got to be. Can't be moved by their faces. You say what the Lord says, let them work it out between them and the Lord. I'm talking about even if they smile at you. They might be smiling in your face and got three daggers in your back. They're going to have roasted duck, a.k.a. pastor, a.k.a. apostle, prophet evangelist for dinner. Does it matter? No. Because we all got to stand before God on on what it is he told us to do. And if I only tell you partially, if I just give you the dessert, I don't give you any vegetables, it'll kill you. Go home. Try to eat nothing but candy for about two weeks. Your body will shut down on you. You gotta have meat of the word. Because the world, the very people that you're trying to save have already seen the desserts. They want to know, how do I get out of this mess? And God just told you. So, every head bowed, every eye closed, unless you've been so excited this morning, thank you so very much for this opportunity to preach. yes, sir. Go back and listen to it again. Because when you go back and listen to it again, whether whether you watch it on YouTube or whether you listen to it on a podcast, When you go back and listen to it again, it's going to tell you what adjustments that you need to make for your life. Not so-and-so should have heard this so they can make an adjustment. What adjustments do you need to make for your life? God's not schizophrenic. So if you never accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you you today. Remember, that's the only that's the sin that will cause a person to to receive the, the same judgment that your adversary will receive. It's not about the I'm a drinker. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a hormone. I'm a fornicate. Because guess what? Why you say that won't send a person to hell? Because once they receive truly receive Jesus, I'm not talking about just praying a prayer because anybody can pray a prayer it don't mean it at all. When you you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you follow it up with actions by allowing your mind to be renewed by the word of God, you're you're going to turn further and further and further away from your old way of living. But if I just pray a prayer, but I never really meant the prayer, I just wanted fire insurance, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to continue to do the same things I did before, and there will be no evidence that I ever received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So if you never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and liked you today, or you may have accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior before, but you know you really haven't been living the life you're supposed to live, but you want to make a decision. Remember, the potter, even though it was marred in his hand, he was able to make it into something anew when the person allowed him to. It's the same thing that is available to you today. So if you prayed this prayer with me, confess it with your mouth and mean it out of your heart. This is step one. There's other steps after this. Say this with me, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sins. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your awful of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. I'm born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, on my way to heaven, and so glad about it. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that prayer for the very first time, remember, that's step one. Step two is, hey, man, I I, I used to live this old way. Now I got to renew my mind so I can live the way that the word of God has told me to live. Guess what? When you really begin living your life according to God's word, you'll realize it's not grievous, it's not hard, because now you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you who will help you be able to apply it to your everyday life. Man, I am I thank God for this opportunity. If you're in Canada, happy Victoria Day. If you're not, next week will be Memorial Day in the States and everything. And uh, know this, that Not many days from now, you're going to hear a sound and there's going to be a sound of the trumpet blowing and those who identify with Christ will meet him in the air. But is that our main focus? No, our main focus is teaching people how to operate according to the kingdom of God so they can live a victorious life that Jesus came to provide for them. My name is Milton Jones. On behalf of sister June and the entire Ignite Brigade, we wanna thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week.